Welcome to the Sisterhood Circle Up. I'm Kate Lynch, a vitality expert and the founder of Custom Fit Vitality. Join me and women from around the world as we share our stories to help you cultivate an authentic, abundant, and balanced life while encouraging others the opportunity to do the same. Connection is the cure. Hi everyone, it's Kate and I'm here today with my friend Catherine and Catherine is joining us from the Boston, Massachusetts area, which she will tell you about in a moment. But Catherine has a story that I feel is absolutely worth sharing. And we're gonna get right into it with very little preamble or foreplay. I'm gonna tell you that on June 20th, 2018, Catherine, almost died. So we are here to listen to Catherine's story, which you will share with us. And we're here to talk about not only your near death experience, but how that came to be, including a birth defect that you have, and your continued journey to wellness. So welcome to Catherine. It's great to have you here. And tell us, Catherine, who you are, where you live, what you do, how old you are, all that kind of business. And then get into, and here it is, people, I have it in the chat. And again, Catherine and I are on Zoom. Catherine has a syndrome, and I am not going to butcher the name of this defect, birth defect. Uh, But in June 2018, where were you and what happened? So welcome, Catherine. Thank you for having me, Kate. Well, my name is Catherine and I am 57 years old. I am a dental hygienist and um, let's see what else. Uh, I live in Massachusetts um, between Boston and Cape Cod. So um, on June 20th, 2018, I was going home from work and I knew I was sick. So I told my boss that I'm getting sick again, which happened a lot, and I never knew how severe it would be. I would get cellulitis, and it would make me so sick that I would have to be, it was like having the flu. And most of the time throughout the years, I could take, I was on an antibiotic anyway, but I had another set of antibiotics that I would take when I got sick, just to see how it would go. It could sometimes stop it, or sometimes it would just ride it out. And I didn't always have to go to the hospital. So this particular time I did my usual thing. I went home and the next morning I woke up sick and I called in sick, of course. And that's all I really remember for the most part. The next day, no one heard from me. I never showed up for work, which is not like me. People were calling me. My little dog was laying in his bed next to me, shivering because I was, I had 105 fever. I was not hallucinating, but I was certainly not in my right mind. And I was actually dying in my bed. My kidneys were shutting down. I had no idea what was happening. And the times of consciousness that I would have, I remember my sister-in-law finally came over my house and she said, oh my God, Catherine, I'm gonna call the ambulance. And I yelled at her, I said, I'm fine, I'm fine. I really didn't have any idea that I was that sick. And that's all I remember. 
I remember I, I didn't have a thing on because I was so hot. I was dying. I mean, so the ambulance came and I remember feeling embarrassed after like, oh my God, what did they see? Anyway, they took me via ambulance to the local hospital where they called my daughter in California and my whole family. And then my daughter quickly called my doctors in Boston and they took me to Leahy Clinic in Burlington, which is where I spent the rest of the summer. And it was probably the hardest experience of my life because what happened to me was the cellulitis caused me to become septic. And so my body was shutting down and it caused wounds on my legs and on my rear end so badly that the skin came off. And um, it was so painful. I couldn't even touch my legs together. And I was, so I was in the bed and even though when they had to like wash me or change my bandages or change my sheets, they would try to roll me. And I remember screaming, it was that painful. So, I mean, I had to spend the whole summer trying to recover from that. And they were, they were giving me, I remember there was, <laughs> there was a psychiatrist that would come in and they were giving me um, anti-anxiety medication and depression medication because, you know, he came in one time, he said, are you depressed? Said, well, of course I'm depressed. Wouldn't you be? So, but he was giving me this medication. And then finally, when I realized what was happening, I said, why? I don't want this. Take me, I'm depressed for a reason. I'll get over it. It'll be fine. So they did finally take me off it. And, but I was on heavy pain medication for a very long time, which I got off, but um, I had to learn to walk again with the pain. And I had to learn how to control my mind so that the pain didn't overtake me. And it was quite a journey. All right, we're gonna press pause here for a second. This is a lot to unpack. So first things first, I want people to understand that Catherine is as beautiful or not, or, or more beautiful than Liz Taylor. So that's what you're listening to here. Catherine has an infectious smile and these eyes that sparkle and glow and looks like the picture of health. So we have to roll the tape back here. So okay. that's, cause then I, Catherine and I were chatting. I said, okay, let's start like right into it. Like forget the preamble and the foreplay. Like, like, like let's, let's talk about the day that you almost died. So mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a series of questions now, which will lead into probably more questions. But the first question is, please tell us the origin and the name of this birth defect that you, that you have. What okay. is it? And then we'll get into cellulitis and all that kind of stuff. So okay. um, because there's a horse correlation there, too, which I can't wait to share with you. So go ahead. What is the name of this? Do you want me to butcher the name or you want to just do it? You want to hear me try to butcher it? And then you can say, OK, so what I see, she typed in the chat. What I see is <laughs> Clipple. Yep. Trenane, Trenanu, Trenane syndrome. Yes. Clipple. Trenane syndrome. How do you say it? Um, I always you could say it that way, but I've always said Clipple Trenane syndrome. Trenane syndrome. Okay, so so it's K L I P P L E dash capital T R E N 
A-U-N-A syndrome, and I'll put it in the uh, show notes. But so this is something that you were, you said it's not hereditary, but you were, you were born with it. Right. Yes, it happens um, in utero. So it's the, it's one of the genes that is responsible for the growth of cells and the development of tissues in the body. And it just gets mutated while you're in, you're developing. And can it happen anywhere on the body, Catherine? Is it always on your legs or how does that like, is it It, it just limbs? It usually happens with just limbs, usually the uh, lower limbs, but it can happen on your arms. It can be on other parts of your body. So in my case, mine is, are my, my limbs on my body, on the bottom of my legs. And so like, what is it? So when you were a kid, was this something that was obvious? Is it something, what does it look like? All right, so there's, there are three characteristics. So port wine stain, which just okay. looks like port wine, and yep. an actual overgrowth of soft tissues and bones. So typically, oh, and one more thing, venous malformations and sometimes lymphatic malformations. So when you see someone like me, you would see that they, I have port wine stain all over my legs, a little bit on my back, my buttocks, And then one of my legs, my right leg is a little bit bigger than my left leg. Although it was very not noticed. It wasn't very noticeable when I was a kid. Um, So it's not that much bigger, but my right foot, even though my both feet, when I was born with the same, my right foot started to grow. And that's part of the syndrome. So my right foot is deformed and it's bigger than my left foot. So getting shoes is a real picnic. (laughs) Well, yeah. So... Now, so that was what you had, you were born with this. Yeah. And then how was that managed as a child? Is it something that has to be managed? Is there medication? Is it just the way it is? Like what happens there? That's a good question. Um, yes, you, there's no cure for it. You manage it by lymphedema drainage, elastic stockings, um, leg pumps. Now, mind you, back in the 60s, they didn't have leg pumps. They didn't they didn't even really tell us what it was until much, much, much later. So I remember being a little girl and my mother putting on elastic stockings for me and she would put baby powder behind my knees because back then the elastic stockings were like elastic. So I'd come home from school crying because I was in a lot of pain from it rubbing so much. So after a while, she just didn't make me wear them because I didn't have pain back then. I really didn't have much swelling. I could run and play and jump and do everything. So it wasn't like I was having any issues. I I was getting sick though, as I got to be about eight or 10, I started having those infections and they they kind of organically went away. So the the cellulitis you're talking about? Okay, so all I know about cellulitis is when I was training horses down in New York, one yep. of the horses on one of the private farms that I was at, his name was Oak and he was aptly named. He was a monster. He was huge. He was the, the, the woman of the house's husband's fox hunting mount. And I am not very tall, I'm only 5'5". Five five. So what I remember about cellulitis and Oak, Catherine, is that A, I had to practically climb on a ladder to get on this horse. And because I'm so short, and he was not only tall, but he was wide. He was lovely, but he was a monster. 
that I would get on him and I felt like my legs were sticking straight out to the side, which was kind of terrifying because he was a bit of a hot horse, meaning he had lots of get up and go. And I had to school him on a regular basis and I crossed myself every time I went out. The only time I didn't have to ride him, Catherine, was when he had on a fairly regular basis, cellulitis, which was incredibly painful. And so his hind leg uh, and the one leg would swell. Uh, now, I'm not sure if they are the same in equines as in humans, but I will tell you that I know it was incredibly painful and that he had yep. to have medication for it. We had to wrap his legs. and But same idea, creating pressure when you wrap a horse's leg. Uh, and I know that you have to do your, I mean, we can get into that. But so is it the same thing? I mean, his was, I think they told me was caused by an old injury or an old, yeah. So that's my only experience with cellulitis. Yes, people can get cellulitis if they have, um, like if they're diabetic, um, if they have poor circulation, which is very typical in KTS patients. Um, and if they cut themselves and the right bacteria gets in there, you can get cellulitis. So um, people sometimes with a hangnail, if you mess with it, bacteria gets in there and you can get cellulitis and it is incredibly painful. And in my case, it's always made me feel like I've had the flu. You know, it's funny you say a cut, because I think that is what happened to him. He he sliced his hind leg, it got infected, and then it was subject to getting infection yeah. over and over again. Okay, yeah. that makes yeah. sense to me. So uh, you didn't do the compression stockings because compression stockings turns out people have come a long way baby yes uh, i mean they're selling they're selling compression stockings everywhere now i just saw them they're at winners uh, i saw them at winners and they were quite uh, stylish uh, winners for you americans is uh, tj maxx uh, here in canada but uh, now they're like people work out in compression stockings yeah. and like they're all the rage <laughs> but what what else do you have to do for kts i like using the uh, initials easier. yeah um Let's see, what do I do? I, I have a leg, very fancy leg pump now. It goes up to my waist because I also have a little bit of, I have some edema and it, it affects my bum a little bit in the, around my, my belly. So um, to manage that, I wear these, they're actually very comfortable. You put this, it's like putting on a pair of pants that look like they're gonna fall out of the airplane, but it, they have hoses. It goes into a pump and it for an hour, I do it twice a day. So um, you'll just pump your legs. It's like a massage and it feels really good to be honest with you. And you do that twice a day? At least twice a day. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So, and so it's not painful to do that. It, it like no. you said, it feels like a massage and, and does it, do you feel, so the process is not painful, but does it give you relief as well yes. when it's done? Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. So it's therapeutic, it's, uh, it's, I mean, dare I say enjoyable, uh, especially as you practice your stillness lately. That's <laughs> but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, okay, so I wanna go back to, uh, because I don't wanna make light of this, there's so many facets to this story. And I heard this story first, uh, because Catherine is a friend of mine, a, a relatively new friend of mine, uh, we're working together as well. Catherine is in the Sisterhood Circle Up, the women's coaching group that I run. But we met each other uh, last fall in another online group and we've become friends. And one of the things that I find, Catherine, is that sometimes when we survive a traumatic event and enough time has passed and we retell the story, 
we get very factual. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I think that we do that because to a certain extent, like I said, enough time has gone by, uh, we've processed it, all of those things that help us to heal that wound, if you will. But this was a, a huge day for you, and I don't want to stir up uh, emotions, but uh, I don't know how we can. I mean, so June 20th, 2018, something else happened where someone that's close to you listened to their intuition. Uh, uh, yes, and that really moved me. It actually gives me goosebumps to think about it now. So can you tell us, you said you were a dental hygienist. Yes. and that you were very responsible so that that put up some red flags uh, and i all of my experience thus far with you has been that you were incredibly responsible so you didn't show up for work your sister-in-law stopped by suggested the ambulance you poo-pooed that idea uh probably out of your mind in both pain and high fever uh and your sister-in-law i believe um carried on um uh, because i mean <laughs> if nothing else you are determined Catherine and independent. So I'm sure she was like, well, I, you know, I did what I could do, but then thank goodness something else happened. And what happened? Well, um, because I didn't go to work, one of my very dear friends, Jody, um, who is a dental assistant who works next to the room next to me, she was like, mm, something's not right. And then my other friend, Steve, another dental hygienist, he's like, something's not right. She would never not show up. I'll call her. I wasn't, I didn't hear the phone ring. So Steve's trying to call me. Jody's trying to call me. Finally, my brother is one of my patients. So Jody called my brother because we have his information and um, he was already at work. So he called his wife. They live down the street. She can't, thank God, Jody just said, this isn't right. We got to call my brother. If she hadn't, I always tell her you saved my life. She really did. She really did. So then who came to the door was it wasn't Jody, it was your brother, it was my sister in law sister. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. so. So it was that's how your sister in law showed up. Yes. Okay, well, then how so she finally just said to heck with you I'm calling the ambulance basically because of the situation or well I guess my brother had called her and said my sister is nowhere to be found, can you go by the house and see well whenever my sister in law Brenda got here she was shocked because she said I was all gray. I was shutting down. I was dying yeah. in the middle of dying. So she just called. She said, I don't care what you say. I'm calling the ambulance. Okay. But, all right. So sister-in-law to save the day. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so you said that your body went sept, uh, you, sepsis, right? So, yeah. and then you're in the hospital. And so is it the high fever or was it the, like, help educate us here a little bit. What made your skin... Like what happened it was, there? It will, I guess, cellulitis, all the bacteria. It just, it just ran rampant in my body. It took away the skin and everything. And so, um, and with the high fever, I think it was all, all that bacteria. So, okay. Yeah. And so did you have to have skin grafts? Like what, how, what? No, uh, they had to pack them. It looked like I was burned. It looked like okay. I was a fire. And then when I was healing, I'd look down and I was getting abscesses on my legs. Mm. So they'd have to like two or three times during the course of my visit, I had to have those um, surgically removed. So it was a real picnic. So, and so you're clearly on antibiotics, you're on painkillers, you're yeah. on uh, mood 
enhancers, <laughs> if you will. Uh, it is an interesting thing, though, if I can just segue here for a second. When you said to the doctors, I have a reason to be depressed. Isn't yeah. that like seriously, right? I mean, that's depressing. Uh, so it is, it is, I always tease uh, very, trying to think of how to be PC, which is challenging for me sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I say lovingly and with great respect and admiration uh, and a little bit of levity that doctors understand medicine and thank goodness, thank goodness, yeah. uh, because without it, many of us would be in deep trouble. My grandfather was a, was a GP, but they don't necessarily think about wellness. Now, holistic, well-rounded doctors do, but they don't necessarily spend a lot of time on things like, this is a depressing situation. No wonder she's depressed. Or here are some other possibly routines, self-care regimes, ideas for you to add to your practice to look after yourself. And I know that you are so vivacious and full of life that you are doing things like your leg pumps and you're yeah. someone who's always looking to better yourself. So can you speak yeah. a little bit? So you're now you've spent the summer in the hospital, they let you out. And I mean, it's not like you went back to work and everything was fine. So what did you, what happened in the fall of 2018? Take us from there to, you know, now. Sure. Um, all right, so I got I got home and it was quite an adjustment because my life just changed overnight. So I had to learn to walk again, which meant I needed to have um, a physical therapist come in. Her name was Amy. We're still friends to this day. She was a lovely, wonderful person. She would come in and make just standing up from the chair. I had to do it like ten times. That was challenging. She'd have me walk around my kitchen. That was challenging. I can't, I can't believe how difficult that was for me, just standing behind my chair and lifting up my legs, just trying to move was so challenging for me. Then I had to have an occupational therapist come in, although she didn't need to stay too long. She came a few times just to make sure I could get myself dressed and bathed and that kind of thing. And my sister, bless her heart, she would come over like three nights a week and empty my garbage and empty my, I had to have a little commode next to my bed. I felt like I was hundred years old. And then my, my little dog, she took care of him the whole summer and he came home. And then this is kind of a funny story. So um, with all the complications, I had a lot of little, little complications in the hospital and one of them was I got calciphylaxis. Um, it's this two kind, I know it's, it's, I'm not really exactly sure what it is. However, I got it because I had the wounds on my legs and calciphylaxis, from what I understand, there's two kinds. There's one that will happen mostly to older women, much older women who are very unhealthy and it's terminal. Oh. So whenever I found out from the doctor on a phone call that I had calciphylaxis, of course, I go and Google it. What a dumb mistake that was because right. I'm reading it's terminal. So it's 10 o'clock at night. I look over to my little dog who's 15 years old. I said, I don't know, Gus, who's going to go first? You or me? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, 
so the next day uh, I had a doctor appointment. My sister took me because I couldn't drive and I was so upset. And I said to the doctor, am I going to die? And he goes, no, you have non-uremic calciphylaxis. Oh, for crying all out I loud. About, I don't even know. All I cared about was I wasn't going to die, but I did have to spend at least a year going three times a week to have infusions and which I hated because they would make me so nauseous. And every time I remember, every time I would drive by the street of, to go down to go to the hospital on the days I didn't have to have the infusion, I would already start getting nauseous because it, you know, it was like a cue, you know, your mind. Pa Pavlov's dog, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pavlovian uh, response. What yeah. infusions of what? Infusions oh. like, I forgot the name of the medication. It was a- But it was a medicine. Uh, yeah. And they would, okay. I had to have a port put in and they would just do it. And every time I, I, I had to have a bowl because the whole time it was awful. So it was like a, like a chemotherapy. Kind of like that, yeah. sort okay. of. I forget the name of the medication, but it was very toxic and it could um, cause me to be anemic and it never did, thank God. Um, but yeah, so that took about a year to, and that's been over for a while now. So thank God. <laughs> so we're fall 2018, you're going yeah. for these treatments and then you, you're relearning how to walk. Yep. Your sister is helping you. You feel like you're a hundred years old. Uh, yeah. Are you still taking antidepressants? Oh, no, I still no? take okay. in the hospital. I've never been on anything like that. Okay. Uh, you no, know, I, I when, once I realized what they were giving me, and you really have to be an advocate for yourself in the hospital, because sometimes they'll give you what you used to take, and you don't take it anymore, and there's a mistake. They were also, they were also giving me uh, a cannabis pill, so it would stimulate my appetite. This girl does not need her appetite to be stimulated. <laughs> I can <listen> to <laughs> I stopped that too. <laughs> so, so you you get through the winter and you're obviously, I mean, on disability, correct or something? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. it's. Yep. And are you? Go ahead. No, I had to be on disability right away. Thank God, my daughter is um, very. She's very uh, a go getter, and she just made sure mom was taken care of. They even had a fundraiser for me at my work, which was That's awesome. They are the most lovely people, um, group of people. I just can't say enough about them. They're wonderful people. So they had a fundraiser for me in October of 2018. My daughter flew home for it. And I didn't even know about it until like the week before or so. And I felt a little embarrassed because I, I'm not one to ask for help, as you know. And I felt like, Oh, I don't want people giving me money. Oh, I feel so embarrassed, you know? Well, you know, it's a good thing because my roof needed, I needed a new roof and I needed a new furnace and it, I had no job. So, right. but you yeah. know what? It all worked out. It all worked out. So. Well, the other thing too is it's not as if, first of all, let me roll the tape back. 
you always in the time that I've known you have spoken very highly about the people you work with. So, uh, and my personal opinion is like attracts like. So of course you work with great people because of the nature of who you are. Uh, and I'm sure that the fact that your daughter is a go-getter, uh, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Catherine. And the other thing I wanna say is that I can bet that if one of your friends, say Jody or Steve needed help that you would have been the organizer of something like that so the law of reciprocity you yeah. know what i'm saying like i mean yeah. it sounds like karma is uh looking after you and, and thank yes. goodness uh so then you are let's say able to walk you're slowly picking up the pieces of your life it's 2019 now uh, right. you've got a year before COVID hits what happens in 2019 Are you, it's just slow going or yeah. like yeah okay it was very slow going um i would sit on the couch i would watch a lot of netflix i was getting yeah. very sick of it but i learned to love grace and frankie <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, and I was um, I was in a lot of pain still. So to sit and read a book or to do a craft, I couldn't concentrate. So it was hard. Um, I learned to love ice cream for lunch, so that was not good either. <laughs> not good, yeah. <laughs> so the weight was creeping up, and I was at first I had of course gotten thinner because I wasn't eating in the hospital very much. But then you know you start to get a little bit sedentary. And that happened. So I, I knew I had to do something. I had to. So as the pain was subsiding, I was walking around more, going out with my friend. Steve would come all the way down. He lives in Boston. He'd come down and take me out for a ride, or we'd go out, or whatever. And, you know, I was getting around, but it was very slow going. So when you're in the hospital, one of the reasons that you get lighter, say, on the scale is because you're atrophying and you're losing muscle as well. Yeah. So not only were you having lack of appetite, uh, but you're losing muscle, so that makes you lighter, but doesn't necessarily make you feel better, which is something we talk about pretty regularly in my in my yes. coaching, is that you can be lighter on the scale uh, and fit into your jeans and still feel like hell. Uh, so I think that's an important piece. So there is a difference, obviously, between being sedentary by choice um, and having it thrust upon you or yeah. being bedridden and enduring pain as someone who has had her fair share of pain in 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 my life uh i can speak firsthand to the fact that pain, pain changes you oh yeah it changes you it changes your personality it and that my grandfather the doctor he he played a lot of sports and he had a uh, he had rheumatoid arthritis and we my my mother and i have talked about this and my brother there was a distinct moment where his pain crossed the line and it really changed his personality forever. He was the person who you'd go see him. At, you would have loved him, Catherine. And he'd listen like when I was at university and I'd talk about all my silly problems. And, and then he would just say, don't fret, Katie don't fret. <laughs> and so that's what he that's how I think of him. He never complained. He was very much always in service to people, including my grandmother and all of us kids. And but but when that pain crossed the line, it 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 hardened him and it and it changed him. So can you speak a little bit to because uh, your, your story is so hopeful and you have taken the reins in so many ways, which we'll touch on here in a minute. But talk about that pain, because that's something a lot of people can relate to. And it's it's a dark place. 
it is a dark place because pain will make you exhausted and it can make you depressed really quickly because you might think you feel good and then two hours later you're in pain again and you wanted to go to the store you wanted to do whatever and you can't or you start feeling lousy and it just makes you I, I don't know if I ever got short I mean I live by myself so it wasn't like I could yell anybody at anyone but um I don't think I got angry at people necessarily I guess my patience I didn't have a lot of patience with certain people <laughs> whereas that before I would have been able to ride that horse longer you know but it does change you and it does make you um like I said tired but I don't know I I just feel like it also you can I have to put it in my head where I put it in a place in my mind where it's like a drawer I have to ignore it because I have to go from here to there and I cannot let this pain stop me. So, so I, you I've, been able, go ahead. I've been able to do that. I've been able to cope with it well enough that I can still get from point A to point B. So you compartmentalize it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I do. And, and it's, and it's, it's an interesting thing because pain can serve us as well. So yeah. pain can, it, it's like when the body listens or whispers, are we listening? So especially yeah. I think about this in terms of fitness and, and we can talk about that because I know that you look after yourself and go to the gym regularly as part of your protocol. But people will often talk about pushing through the pain, pushing through the pain for fitness, not a great idea. Pushing through the pain so that you can have a life that you enjoy and you can think about not only your lifespan but i just heard this the other day is like how's your health span it's one thing to have a lifespan but you want to have like a, a health span you want to have some uh, you want to live a life you love so thinking of how can you push through that kind of pain by compartmentalizing it because one of the things we talk about a lot catherine is how <laughs> motivation follows action yes Yes, um, I think you just have to get out there and get started and then you can keep going. And I, I remember when I was here alone, my daughter's boss, what a lovely man, he hired somebody to come to my house for two weeks to do my housework, my laundry, get my lunch. That's what people did for me. I mean, it was amazing. But um, I had to the times when I was by myself and I thought, oh, son, nobody, this house is not going to clean itself. So I would get up and I would get over to the vacuum, put it in the living room, and then sit down for half an hour. Then I would get up a half an hour and do some vacuuming. And it was baby steps, literally baby steps. But I could see that I could get a lot done that way. And I still, I still kind of live by that now. Like, if something seems like it's a big task for me, I just take it one step at a time. And before you know it, it's, it's done. And I feel I don't get overwhelmed that way. So. Yeah. One of the things we talk about is overwhelm is a choice. And this, when I say this, it annoys people. Sometimes it really does annoy people. Yeah. <laughs> I think partly because we, it's great to have 
crutches and to have things that we lean on, uh, but being married to our excuses, or in your case, overly attached to your wound, right? I mean, if you can't kind of get beyond that, right. then then that's your life. And then then you're, it's one thing to look after yourself. It's another thing to make your situation be your vocation. And that's all you do. And when I look at you and listen to you and we connect, I see someone who is full of life. My gosh, you've got the busiest social calendar. It's just crazy. Uh, and uh, I, I know you're coming to the farm this uh, summer for the women's weekend. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Uh, <laughs> but you're someone who, I mean, you're just about to head to see your family and 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 help uh, in a way that only uh, a grandma and a mom can. And I just see you as someone who really has made the decision to not sit around and suck your claws because this story could have gone a whole other way. Would you, would you agree? Or what do you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, I could sit there and have a pity party all day long, but that's not going to change anything. And I always remember when I was a little kid, I come home from school. There were times where I, I would have a pity party because you're a kid. And I'd be, I'd say to my mom, it's not fair. Why was I born this way? And I'd cry and she'd say, honey, you're beautiful the way you are life isn't fair. And she was right. And I always remember that because it's not going to change. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be like everyone else. This is just the way it is. But it also, um, I feel as though you can look at it either as a bad thing, or maybe I could look at it as a good thing because I can, I can, it can make me a stronger person. And I think it really, really has. And it's, I have to find other ways to work around it. And I just do, because I have to, because life is too short to be unhappy. I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna sit around and be, feel sorry for myself. And your parents led by example, your yeah. mom saying to you, you're beautiful the way you are, life is unfair, which isn't, isn't uh, uh, my gosh, that's not a negative Nelly in many ways, that's just the damn no. truth. And then, yeah. and your dad was a, a big role model for you. Oh, big time. My yeah. dad, um, if I get choked up, it's because of my dad. <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> I, I but my dad, my, my dad had MS and he was in a wheelchair. So, but I saw him do everything. He would cook, he would uh, ride the tractor in the backyard with a, uh, uh, a thing on the back. So he would take us kids all for rides around the yard. It was like, it was Disney World. We didn't know any different. And he would drive a car. He played basketball on a team with all the men who were in wheelchairs. He ran for politics in our town. Everyone knew my dad. He was the most popular guy in the whole world. And it, I was proud that he, that he just made it look simple. He made it look easy. And then when he knew he was dying, he was in the hospital and he asked everyone just to leave. I wasn't there, I was only little. He asked everyone to leave and he had the nurse draw the curtain around his bed and he sat there for the day alone. And then once he opened it, he was done. He was done being quiet, being sad. It was gonna happen just the way hmm. he was. So yeah, he was a big role model for me. Someone who with lots of grit and grace. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Interesting that that was his uh, choice, because that's something that we talk about practicing is 
being alone and being still and looking after ourselves and asking for what we need and god bless him for for i mean at what point do we start doing that i mean as as we were teasing or we have teased uh and i know dr laura always says this but what will you do between now and and dead and it sounds like your dad just lived life to the fullest and it, it sounds like you're very much like him yeah yeah i think out of the three of us i have two other siblings i'm probably the most like him hmm. yeah where do you fall in birth order? I'm the middle. You're the middle. Okay. Huh. I'm the good one. That's what I always would tell my <laughs> Speaking of uh, good and bad and, and do you ever think about, do you ever, or have you ever grieved the life you had before? Before I got sick? Yeah. Um, Is you well, like, what? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw that at you, kind of, no, uh, you know, but like. Question. Um, I don't, I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could wear my high heels again. <laughs> I can't do that right now, but um, I wish I could get around. I mean, I used to be able to get around better. So yes, in that sense, yes, um, I'm limited with what I can do for work. So that's kind of a change and adjustment I have to make that way. However, I'm always one with the glasses half full. Um, I'm looking at it as though I work one day a week. I'm free to do other things. I can go see my daughter. I can have more time off. I, you know, I can do me. I can, I can sit for two or three hours with my leg pumps. I can do my yin yoga. I can take good care of myself. So in that sense, no, but I wish that in the pain is going away more and more, but I wish I could get around a little bit better because my back is all thrown off and I am still in pain. So in that sense, yes. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think anybody, we get to a certain point and, and most of us have wear and tear pains at, at some point and it's really how we manage them. It's how yeah. we manage both our thoughts, <laughs> so mindset, and also how we look after ourselves uh, in yeah. terms of our choices. Yeah. And that's something that, that we've spent uh, all winter thinking about. But before we, we met and started working together, something you, you, you really have to, I mean, we're talking about several hours a day of self-care that is oh. proactive. Uh, so you go to the gym, you, what else do you do? Uh, Up until recently, you were on you were on a, a course of antibiotics. Still, correct? Yeah, and they took me off them to see how I would do, and um, I have not gotten sick. I still have the really strong ones that I take in case I feel like something's going to happen. So I will take that. Like I took I took one set today, and I will take them probably uh, before I go on the plane, just just in case. But what I usually do is I do my leg pumps in the morning and I do some weightlifting and then I do yin yoga. <laughs> then I, sometimes I'll do Pilates as well. And then I go to the gym, but I'm very mindful of what I do at the gym because I don't want to overdo it because then I could hurt myself and make myself worse. I used to like to go on the treadmill and run walk. I can't really do that anymore, but I'll go and I sit on the bike and I pedal. And that's really good for my legs. So I do that. So yes, it does take me like four hours. So, yeah. And all of that 
self-care is intentional and doesn't it can't just happen by accident i mean you have to get up every day and think okay this is my day so whether you're headed to work that day or you're getting a haircut or you're packing to go see your family or whatever you have to structure your or you're going to do this with me we're meeting in the middle of the day you've got to plan your your life and i know that so many people that i work with they they really resist scheduling they really do as soon as you say look like one of the things that i say all the time is what gets scheduled gets done And a simple case of that would be you and I, we can't just haphazardly get together on on Zoom and do this. We had to schedule it. And quite frankly, given the nature of the world and our lives the last couple of uh, um, days, we've had to rebook a couple of times. So if what gets scheduled gets done, one of the reasons that I like to live by that is because it actually does free me up. And people have the hardest time with that. But I think that you and I are kind of on the same page with that. So it's like, yes, we live by a routine, but it is our routines that free us because your routines that you follow, they keep you mobile, correct? I mean, and upright and taking in oxygen. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. Yes. Um, Even before I got sick and all this happened, I remember I work an hour away. So I was working full time. I would get up at like four in the morning, drive to the gym, work out, and then be to work by 7.15. Because if I didn't do it, I was too tired when I got home. I talked myself out of it. And I just knew I needed to do that. So that's what I did then. So it can be done. (laughs) You just have to do it. (laughs) Well, and that would go hand in hand with with the idea of setting yourself up for success and being proactive instead of reactive. Sometimes we have to be reactive for sure. I mean, life is subject to change and so are we, and and we never know uh, when we're going to have to adjust the rudder, if you will, but setting ourselves up for success allows for occasional chaos and some grace and grit (laughs) if we need to deal with that, as opposed to just, just being a passenger. And just saying, I don't know. I don't know why my life is so miserable. I don't know why I am losing my mobility as I age. I don't know why everything hurts all the time. I don't know why I can't sleep. I don't know why I can't have a regular bowel movement. I don't know why I'm such a bitch to live with. I don't know why my skin's broken out. I don't know why I have no sex drive. I don't, you know, we could go on and on and on with all of these things that many people suffer from. And I'm using air quotes here. uh, And I don't say that lightly because the suffering is real for many people but the fact is that there is actually so much that we can do to look after ourselves but it, it it's growth it's it's growth by intention and self-care intentional self-care as opposed to self-care by accident which is you know i mean maybe if you're lucky i guess i i guess there are people who eat and drink and smoke and don't exercise and stay up all night long and like keith richards i mean he's my hero if i'm gonna come back i want to be keith richards because he doesn't look after himself he's leading the life of riley and he's probably gonna outlive all of us but for most of us that's not the case we have to decide it's a decision right it's a decision yep it you know it's really funny that you say that because there are so many people i could think of five people off the top of my head that you see in in your daily life that really need to sit on the floor and stretch and do some yin and you ask them do you want to do yin? they they won't do it or they can't do it or 
whatever. And I remember I had house guests and nobody but me did yin. <laughs> I took a half an hour, just sit on the floor and stretch with me. It feels so good, but no. Or I will ask people, well, do you drink enough water? Maybe I need to be more specific. Oh yes, they never do. You know, they no. never do. I know. So People are like, stiff and chronically dehydrated and wandering around. And they so, don't want to listen. No. Well, you know, okay. it's funny, just as a point of reference for anyone listening who doesn't know. So yin yoga is a style of stretching where you sit in static poses for a length of period of time. And I will tell you, Catherine, I don't think I've shared this story with you, but I almost destroyed my entire business the day I brought yin to custom fit uh, because I just I, I learned about it. Uh, it saved my body and yeah. my mind, quite frankly. And so I thought, oh, everybody needs to do this. And so I took one of my boot camp classes. Classes, and they thought they were going to the barn. And I said, nope, nope, tonight we're going into the garage. So our oversized garage is our heated studio, uh, fitness studio. And I jammed them all in there and there were a whack of us. And I put on some low lighting and I turned on some, my, my, my husband calls it uh, Kumbaya music. And uh, we did yin yoga and people's eyebrows were like right up to their scalps. Their nerves were just shot. They couldn't make eye contact with me. They were so mad. Like they were so mad. Now, some people thought, oh, this is kind of cool. I, I kind of, I rather like this. So I learned a lot that day. I learned that baby steps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just because you want something doesn't necessarily mean that just because you think something's great yeah. doesn't necessarily mean everybody else does. I mean, it's it's like yeah. I tease a little bit. It's like somebody, one of my coaches years ago called it ignorance on fire. You're so excited. You want to tell everybody and you just, you know, it, it, people will only arrive at those things in their own time. You can offer yeah. the opportunity, you can give the information. Uh, and I mean, I, out in my regular life, I don't talk nutrition and I don't talk fitness with my friends. I just don't, I don't want yeah. to, but, um, and I don't care if I run into you in your grocery, in the grocery store, I don't care that your cart is full of frozen pizza and, and Gatorade. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it is if you're going to live a life that is designed by you and you have something like kts yeah. uh it takes uh it takes some you've got to orchestrate it a bit uh, yeah. and i i feel like uh you're such a great role model for you're such a great role model for taking a horrible situation and really turning it into an inspiration in so many ways. And I know that sounds a bit hokey, but it's absolutely true because it would be very, very easy for you, I think, outside looking in to just say, screw it. And just you, I mean, you don't have to go to work, correct? Because you're on, I mean, you could downsize everything and do nothing and honestly just become a professional Netflixer. <laughs> but that's not you. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Yeah. Oh my as, as a matter of fact, your next chapter, your third act, if you will, uh, and I know you're still working part time as a, a dental hygienist and, and you're like hardcore grandma, but is you want to open up a, a small business, correct? You on, yeah. on the side. Can you tell us a little bit like about to... your next chapter? Yes. I mean, I lost my little dog a couple of years ago and it would be kind of nice. I have a beautiful fenced in yard. So I was thinking of doing like a dog care, custom dog care thing, and even going to pick the dogs up because who isn't 
trying to get out the door in the morning. It'd be nice to have your baby picked up and well taken care of during the day while you're at work. So when I get back from my trip, I'm going to um, tweak my cards again and then put them out there and see what happens. That's awesome. And what's the name of this? What are you calling it? It's going to be uh, Catherine's Custom Dog Care. Nice. Very yeah. nice. And Gus was a Jack Russell, correct? Yes. He yes. was so fun. Yeah, he was a great guy. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what a great way to have dogs back in your life, but yeah. not have, you could also take time off and go see your family in California, right? That's so, just, uh, yeah. That's just, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Wow. So that's it. Um, is there anything else that you can, where could somebody learn more about, do you know anyone else with this disease? I'm kind of stammering here. Sorry. No, I was actually, trying to find um, I've never met anyone else with it. Uh, my doctors obviously have, it's very rare. So not too many people have it. There is a um, professional golfer named Kyle Martin that has it. Huh. And he's, he's younger than me. He must be in his forties. And he was in a tournament some years ago where one of the rules was they were not allowed to use golf carts, but he was allowed to because he's, he can't really walk the whole 18 holes. So hmm. they, they may allowed him to do that, but he's a young guy, but I've never met anyone. They have some, um, support groups and I was in one once maybe 10 years ago but I wasn't getting much out of it because it was mostly um the parents and about their kids that had it so it was a little bit difficult for me to figure out how I could you know talk to somebody else who has it but you can go online and see pictures some of these little kids uh, my heart goes out to them I think I have like a classic case of KTS but some little kids, the pictures are awfully, awfully horrible. They will lose legs and, um, oh, it's just, it's just terrible. So I feel very blessed that I have not, don't have it to that degree. So. And is it, you, it's, it's not hereditary, but is it caused it's by something? Is it, it's just one of those, I mean. It, yeah, it's just a, a mutated gene that can happen, uh, it, it, you know? So I, I don't know. Hmm. So yeah, my poor mother thought it was her fault for a long time Aww. that she did something wrong. I, I never ever, and the doctor said, no, you didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't your fault, don't worry about it. But yeah. Hmm. So. Well, I wanna thank you, Catherine, for your time and your energy thank and your you. effort. And uh, I, have, I have one more question I'm gonna surprise you with because I didn't prep you on this. But <laughs> I would like to know, um, and we can keep this short and sweet, so I used to end my podcast with something uh, you're listening to, something you're uh, reading, and something you love. So something you're listening to, something you're reading, and something you love. Could be anything. So it could be a song, could be a book, could be a podcast, could be going to California. Doesn't have to be a learning thing. Could be a Netflix show. Listen, learn, love. Okay, so what I'm listening to is um, mostly jazz. Okay. I love, um, I love smooth jazz. I like to listen to that a lot. Um, my son-in-law is a composer. So anything I can hear that he does, I like to listen to. Um, that kind of thing. I'm in these women's groups now and I'm listening to a lot of that and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Good fodder for self-care, yeah. that's for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure, great ideas. And what I'm reading is um, Atomic Habits. I love that book. The second time around, <laughs> I'm reading James that. James Clear. Yeah. yeah, I love he 
it's amazing what you can learn from that. And I don't feel like I can really absorb it in one go around. So I'm going to be reading it probably three or four times. And then I also bought a book called um, Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I'm starting to read as well. Have you so seen that movie? No. Oh, is that the one with um, oh, Julia Roberts? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was very yeah. good. <laughs> I've heard... Yeah. Um, have you heard uh, Elizabeth Gilbert speak? Have you ever heard uh, like a po podcast or a TED talk or anything? Yeah, so she's interesting sometimes to listen to as well. Yeah. Um, and then just something you love, something that like right now, what's a, you know something you love? Uh, something I love is the idea of putting my grandkids to bed this Aww. week. Super yeah. grandma. That's what that's what really brings me joy. It really nice. I, I, I just gotta tell you, I don't know what it is. I I do know what it is, is being a grandmother and seeing my daughter and just just being with them. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you certainly have a beautiful life and you add to uh yeah. to others' lives as well. So Thank thanks you. again, Catherine. Really Thank great for, chatting with you. Thank you. enjoyed listening to the sisterhood circle up would you do me a favor and follow the podcast leave me a review and share the love if you're interested to learn more about what i do please check out customfitvitality.com or katelynch.com thanks for listening i'll talk to you soon